Keith is a zombie. We believe in so many dreams as we grow up. In fact, we think we can and should will them into existence. Dreams are just the ego placating the id, giving it some power, some hope, some faith, some belief. What do you think Adrian Heath dreams of? Beautiful goals in a blue shirt? A nice crisp white Zinfandel after a sweaty hot summer match? A pint with his lads at the Birkenstoppenshire pub? Who knows? Who cares? This Minnesota team, when met with a roadblock, is bereft of ideas. Yes, this team has scored six goals in its last three matches, but the idea, the plan, has not been right. It has taken a change, seemingly thrown together haphazardly against Colorado, to make a difference. To Heath's credit, the change against Chicago came earlier and seemed to be more of a plan and not a slapdash piece of work. Last night, the Loons came with a strong plan from the start. Starting Longwane, possibly their most electric player ever, was good. But as with many Heath-managed teams, the whole operation was set up as a smash and grab and ultimately failure. And when that did not work, there was no plan B. It is unfair to saddle Heath with how terrible Reynoso was on the night, or how Boxall and Debassi let their men go on the Chivas USA 2 electric boogaloo goals. Nor can he be blamed for Lude missing what was most definitely a goal my three-year-old would have put at least on frame, if not the back of the net. None of that shit is on him. The players do have to actually play the match. However, saddled with a team under duress, being barraged with shots, he's dared to not dream. He brought on underperformers Amaria and Frank Payne, taking off the one man actually doing shit in Bongi. Drawing in LA? That's good, right? Only if your aspirations are to finish in the top seven and keep your miserable job for one more miserable year. So it was not surprising when less than 10 minutes before the end of the match, the Loons concede because the defense broke down. A defense that up until at that point had been fairly solid in a very aggressive atmosphere. Pain. Once the goal was conceded, it was only a matter of time for the dagger. A second attacker brought on three minutes before the end of the match is hardly ever going to help. And true to form, it didn't. The beauty of life is our ability to adapt and thrive or not and die. Keith has managed to barely adapt and also not die. Ipso facto, Heath is a zombie. The Daves, you know, this is the Daves. I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Dave's I Know Podcast. 
Uh, I have not decided whether or not I'm going to release my five minute uh, rant audio that I recorded. So if you heard that at the top of the podcast before you listen to this, congratulations. Uh, if not, you, uh, I probably saved you five minutes of your life. So uh, that's going to be a, a game time decision when I, when I post the podcast. So just a, a warning of what you may or may not have missed uh, listening to the podcast. We have our regular contributors here. Uh, MJ, how are you doing, MJ? I'm present. I'm, uh, it's been a rough day. You know, it's, it's just been coming off the LAFC game and uh, Supreme Court leak decision. And it's just, it's just a rough day. Yeah, 100% agree. Jess, how are you doing? It's a, it's a Monday. I know there's a Mamas and the Papa song about Mondays, and I was going to sing it, insert here, but I can't recall the lyrics at the moment because it's a Monday. Monday I remembered them now, and I'm la, still refraining. La. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's good. It's it, This was a, I think this might be a, a short podcast, uh, folks, just because this was a, a disappointing game that I don't want to spend too much time talking about. Um, and yeah, so anyways. Let's jump in. LAFC 2, Minnesota United 0. Um, not much to talk about in the first half. Uh, in the 18th minute, Dane St. Clair is forced to make a diving save, which was, you know, you know he had the ball the entire way. Um, Would have went in if he hadn't made the save. It was pretty a pretty standard, easy save by Dane St. Clair. Uh, I think the big story from the first half is that Minnesota came out in a 4-2-3-1, um, so contrary to what we were kind of thinking where they might sit back and, and play five defenders. And they did that with, with Bongi starting on the left and uh, Dunlady on the right with Lude up top. So I know something that we kind of kicked around the idea of Bongi starting with uh, Lude up top last week on the podcast. I know several other Minnesota United podcasts made the same thing, but it was, it was, it was kind of fucking amazing to see Adrian Heath come out with what, you know, essentially has been his plan B for most games um, when plan a doesn't work this time he runs out with plan b and you know to minnesota's credit in spite of you know lafc controlling more of the ball they made some they had some really good opportunities um there was a, a robin lude opportunity in the i want to say it was like the 41st or 42nd minute where he tries to make a turn and shoots the ball and it just it just goes wide of the goal um but minnesota was dealing really well at that point with uh, lafc's press and was getting some opportunities. So anything else from the first half that you guys uh, noticed that you wanted to mention? Otherwise we can jump to the second half. Dane Sinclair was solid. DeBassi was a boss. He, he really, really controlled that. You were saying he was DeBassi? Oh, <clears throat> oh. I love this. You, you beat me to a name pun. I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I didn't even think about using that one. Oh my God! You're, really? You're losing. You're, you're losing your touch, MJ. You're losing <laughs> no, your no, touch. No, I love name puns, but yeah, that one that one escaped me. You better what? tune in to like dad jokes AM five hundred. <laughs> once, once you have your second kid, you they know, just they just what, start what? coming to you more rapidly. It's like a, it's like a brain brain like the brain synapses are firing at like rapid rapid fire <laughs> now that I have two kids. Pace. Okay. Yeah, that, I, that I literally name pun escaped me, but what didn't escape me is that Debassi played really really well. Um, M- MJ. To this point, uh, I was sitting uh, at the bar on, I can't remember, was it Saturday or Sunday? Probably Saturday. And uh, Emil, Wes's son, was there. And he yelled at his dad, who's behind the bar, and said, I'm hungry. And I turned to him and said, hi, I'm David. So 
um <laughs> really it's I've, i'm degenerating to a, a, a dad so well, but you're right Debasi Debasi was really played really well in the first half Debasi. this is fitting because david you actually are a dad and I know. so i'm I a mean, zaddy you you need to work on your dad game with a meal so by the How time I'm with my own fucking kid no i was like by the time regular gets to the age where he actually understands you know plays on words and bad puns you know you can have your a game ready have to you go. met his genetic i think i'm sire? i think i'm i think i'm pretty i'm pretty much there mj already so I but i appreciate you like I, got that in utero like 50 percent i mean dad in his acgs and t's <laughs> Right on. Okay, so let's West pick up in the second puns, and I don't know why. Yeah, let's pick up in the second half. Uh, Abu Dinladi. This is in the 48th minute. Abu Dinladi picks up a ball from Renoso, one of one of Renoso's only good passes of the night. Uh, he crosses the ball into the box. Bongi has this amazing dummy that lets the ball go to Robin Lude, who's who's unmarked, uh, streaking in on the left hand side, who just skies it over the bar. Um, Robin had, Robin Lude had the and let's let's well, we can talk about. Uh, fucking John Strong calling him Robin Ludd all game. Um, oh, um, I, but, I heard that just once in the highlight reel, and I wanted was, to fucking gouge my eyes out. It was, it was, I'm, it was. Yeah, I'm was, punching it, my other hand right now. However, uh, Robin Ludd uh, skies it over the bar. That was probably. I mean, uh, Ludd had the, the two, only chance. Yeah, that was the only. Reel. Yeah, the only. The only two chances that really. I mean, Cripple had to make one save, um, but those were the. Both of the, the right before the half and then right after the second half kicked off, those were the two chances, and Robin Lude was um, responsible for both of them. So it was uh, the, the, the one great, but great dummy by Boxy by Bongi. The the one before the half, Lude actually was able to make something out of nothing. Where was it, Ray or Bongi that that chipped it to him in double coverage? You know, mm-hmm. he was running between splitting center backs, and and they yeah. got it to him. And then I think spun. it was Bongi because I think it was on. Yeah, I think it was Bongi. But yeah, either way, he, he 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 spins away, and then it looks like the their right fullback is about to to jump on it, and he spins away from that guy, and, and then somehow able to get a shot on. So even though it wasn't that great of a shot, it wasn't that hard, what have you. It was easy save for Crepeau. Like he got around three defenders to make something happen, and we had no one cutting to the net. <laughs> story of the story of the game um so in minnesota yeah so at this point minnesota starts to we start to see the uh shakiness of minnesota on uh, the 51st minute there's some terrible defending at the top of the box by ariaga uh, who allows the lfc player to basically run past him uh he takes a shot it goes off the post uh ricochets out to <clears throat> apoku who basically wanders it well, apoku has again a wide open net, um, very much like Lude, but he was this. He wasn't making. He wasn't running in. He was just standing there, and he just skies the ball. Um, and then I think that yeah. was Rosales, wasn't it? Was it? Okay. Was it Ariaga? He, he tried to steal the ball. I think it was Ariaga. I'm pretty sure it was Ariaga. Yeah, Ariaga tried to steal the ball and go forward with it. It just run, doing, just runs right past him. In, in doing in, in trying to steal the ball and go forward, you know, he tapped the ball, runs by. Uh, who was it for LAFC? He taps the ball, runs by him, and then he's able uh, to was still... it Blessing? I think it was Blessing. Yeah, fucking Blessing. Uh, 
he he gave a nice welcome to Reynoso with a hard foul to 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 start the game. But yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. Blessing gets around Ariaga with the ball and is able to pass to Poku. I mean, it just it was he needs to learn how to stay in front of the mark. He you're you're one of the last back players. You know, it, there's times to go for steals and there's times to just play solid defense. Well, he wasn't he wasn't even a last back player, but he was just he was at, it was at the top of the box. It was at the top of the 18. Yeah, he's the only guy that's supposed to be in that area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, you, this, at this point, you kind of see, like I said, start see the wheels coming off for Minnesota and uh, all the pressing that they had done uh, was finally catching up to them <clears throat> in the 71st. 73rd and 77th minute great shots from LAFC that ju- go just wide uh pressures mounting on Minnesota in the 82nd minute uh Carlos Vela uh pass like uh puts a ball to Palacios in the middle of the fucking pitch um Dane St. Clair has to stretch to make a save which leads to a corner which leads directly to LAFC's first goal when uh, Ryan Hollingshead uh puts a ball in uh Danny Mazowski takes the corner it's uh deflect or it's uh, um uh headed and I can't remember, I couldn't tell if it was a headed off of a Minnesota guy or if it was an LAFC guy, but he basically takes it um, uh, as it's coming down off the volley and puts it in the back of the net. Um, completely unmarked by Michael Boxall, I will add. Michael Boxall was not doing his job at that point. Where was he? Ball watching. I don't know. Not fucking mm-hmm. defending Ryan Hollingshead, that's for sure. He was the closest loon to him, and Hollingshead had plenty of space in, you know, in the six, and that's not... Uh, that's generally not good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another LAFC opportunity in the eight, in the 88th minute that Dane has to make a, a sprawling save on. And then the 90th minute, uh, LAFC seals the game uh, with uh, uh, a Fuentes goal. Again, this is mid-volley. Um, who knew gets taken out by Janela, uh, by Janela backheel. It takes out two loons, actually, uh, who squares it to Palacios, uh, who is probably the best player on the pitch all game, honestly, for either team. Uh, he squares it to the, the middle of the box, and Cifuentes is running in. Kamar Lawrence not tracking his runner. Um, Mike Bukai Debasi also not tracking a guy coming in. Um, he's, so he's in the middle of two Loons defenders, and he just tip, uh, uh, taps the ball in um, off that Palacios cross. I just want to say this is just a travesty because O'Neill Fisher was doing so well at that right fullback position at limiting crosses, blocking things leaving whoever was coming down whether it was Vela or whether it was some other LAFC player trying to cross the ball or trying to do whatever he's limiting them to like harder things someone is able to get a ball by Fisher and our back line that's behind him lets people beat them to the middle and you should never let them beat you to the middle and that's Look, Kamar Lawrence got beat to the middle. He was he was close. You know, he was kind of on his shoulder, but he was on the outside shoulder, not the inside shoulder. And that, that's yeah. a big faux pas. Yeah. So that's the game. 2 nothing LAFC. Um, <clears throat> we, they almost know, got I a think, third goal. They almost got a third goal. It could have been 5 nothing. It should have. It probably should have been 5 nothing with the, uh, the amount of misses that. Uh, Dane St. Clair made four saves, I believe, in the game. But there was something like... 15 or 16 shots so they i mean they hit the side netting three or four times um you know they missed they missed just wide a couple other times easily could have been five or six dane uh 
neither of these goals were on Dane St. Clair. These were goals that were definitely oh. Minnesota United defensive uh, uh, breakups and, and letdowns. So um, I thought Dane, you know, Dane played really well. And actually, um, we'll, we can just skip to it right now for our Freddie Adu's. We can come back and talk about anything else. Dane Sinclair is my good Freddie Adu for this game. And uh, my shitty Freddie Adu is, is Babel Obrenoso. Um, he had two or three really good unlocking passes. But the rest of the game, he was just terrible. On uh, His passes were not weighted properly. There was a couple times where we had legitimate opportunities to break and Reynoso just didn't hit a pass hard enough uh, or hit a pass too far, or he would just run into uh, LAFC defenders. Um, it, it's hard to see in the highlights because they don't show any of that shit, but like right. it was just yeah. frustrating watching Reynoso just continuously, you know, all night, you know, he'd hit one good pass every 10 or 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Like, okay, that's the Reynoso that we know. If he can, if he can connect on one of those, then he didn't show races. up in the highlight reel. Yeah, if if they can connect, if he can connect on one or two of those, and and the team finishes, um, I mean, his ball to Donati in in the second half, that 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 opening opportunity in the second half was perfect. He had a perfectly weighted ball. Donati ran right onto it. He was able to run. He was able to cross. Bongo Bongi gets that uh, amazing dummy, and Lou just misses it. Right. We only mm-hmm. had like two of those all game. We need more of that from from Reynoso. We need more. And he just, I I was getting to arguments with some people on a, a soccer slack that I'm in. Cause I was just saying how Ray was shit all game. And people were like, Oh my God, but you see that one pass or that one pass. I'm like, yes, but he makes 30 passes a fucking game at minimum. Like you only are doing that on one or two. You're not doing your fucking job. So I had to right. give my shitty Freddie do to, to Ray this, this match. Uh, MJ, who you got? I just want to say Reynoso was way better at playing defense this game. I don't know if that was because that's fair. B- Bongi, you know, was tracking back and having a lot of energy doing defense. And if he was feeding off Bongi's defensive energy, but I like your shitty Freddie do because it comes down to my standard, which is it's not the best player and the worst player of the game. You're looking at what you expect out of them. You're looking at, you know, what we expect out of Ray and what we expect out of Ray is a lot of great passes. You know, that's, that's what we expect out of Ray. It's not that he was the shittiest loon on the pitch. But it's just like compared to what we want, what we expect. Um, that said, my shitty Freddie do was was Rosales. And- yeah, he was he. So he started off uh, as the six, more or less, in the four two three one. And by halftime, he was not coming back to get the ball from the defense at all. It switched yeah, to Ariaga. No, I one of the frustrations I have in the in the double pivot system that is. Heath's, you know, four, two, three, one is there is often not a clear six and clear eight. It's like you're allowed to be both. And while in theory, that means if you're playing total football and people are just switching positions and everyone knows how to play every position, that's works out wonderful. But he hasn't proven me he knows how to coach total football. And I think when we had when we had Ozzy, it was very clear he was the number six yeah. and that gave trap or Dotson or whomever Greg Oosh liberty to be that number eight. And it made things simpler and clearer. And without Ozzy, we now have this muddled mess. And so well, it's been, it's been, will Tra- will trap has basically taken over that position as that sort of that's that, that six that yeah. the more, the more well-defined six, 
Jess, we, we're talking about total football, which is a, a, a Dutch thing. I have a book that I'm gonna I'm gonna lend you called Brilliant Orange, which just talks about the history of, of like another like the Netherlands soccer. It's fucking great. You'll you'll appreciate it. So get some learning Excellent. out. But, but Rosales was Rosales was coming back and doing more of that at the start of the first half. And then in the second half, he did not do any of it. It was all Ariaga. So clearly Heath was pissed off at Rosales and, and for giving away the ball in, in our in our half of the pitch. I mean, and that is fine. This is to the Honduran's credit that Ariaga realizes that Rosales isn't doing this. And so I need to come back and help more often. Kudos on Ariaga. That, that's that's great. Uh, but yeah. That, your point so stands. Rosales, Rosales is not good. O'Neill Fisher is, is, is my good Freddie Adu. I thought he played great, especially defensively, because he had to deal with several different attacking factors often two on one because our center back or Rosales was not kind of where we want them to be to help defensively and so he was kind of isolated out there and he prevented a lot of shit from getting to the box or people from running past him on that right wing sorry left wing for LAFC right fullback for us yep I think those are fair all right uh Jess Hot or not? Let's go. Hot or not. So, kind of hot. Sleeping through a massive disappointment of a match. I mean, if you happen to have to sleep through a late night away match, it might as well be one that wouldn't be like super extra duperty fun at Blackheart to have witnessed. Um if you have to sleep through one. Not hot. Being misinformed by my phone this morning or misreading my phone this morning, it's up for debate, that the final score was 0-0 LAFC Minnesota. And I was like, okay, I, and it was a draw. Great, a draw against LA, LAFC, I can live with that. Only to find out at 6.37 this evening when I watched the highlights that uh, I think I didn't, like that was the first update my phone got and then I hadn't read through the rest of the update. Oh no. that one. So you got like the halftime update of zero zero, and then yeah. missed all the everything else? Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds plausible even. Uh, it was an extra disappointment <laughs> like when you're like talking yourself up uh, like that tie was that's pretty good and then you find out no 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 do nothing oh god that's that's the kind of prep that we do for the podcast we watch the highlights at 6 37 uh when we record at 8 30 well, listen so. that it is what it is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it i am anything but saccharine <laughs> Here's who's devastatingly hot, that fucking Hollings fuckhead. It was really, really hard to hate him for that goal, that because he is so devastatingly good looking. Like he could be my new um, non-loon uh, toy boy. Boy toy? I don't know. Shoot. Choose your own adventure. Here's not hot. The SATs, GREs, 
LSATs and ACLs, especially Hassani Dotson's. I am not feeling any closure about this injury that's a season ending for him for 2022, and I need closure. Please at me with ideas. Finally, DSC is so hot right now. I am ready to open the Dane St. Clair School for Kids Who Can't Read Good after a gasoline fight. Mocha Frappuccinos. He is amazing. And I don't, I feel like people are still, I heard somebody in the stands at the last home game mention Vito Manone. I was like, bitch, you better only be singing DSC's praises in, in comparison to Vito Manone. Because we, like, I know it, Vito felt like a god, and he was. He was, but we have new gods and they are displacing the old gods. Let me tell you what, in a hot ass manner. Uh, yeah, um, they're, they're, those are rubes, Jess. You don't listen to the rubes. That's what I've, I've learned in life. Don't listen to the rubes. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so we don't have a ton of other United news. Um, obviously, we have, we've had a bundle of stuff with the All-Star Game and things like that, but Obviously, no men, no players in the team of the week uh, with that dismal performance. Um, Minnesota United FC2 had a week off, so we don't have anything to talk about there. So their next match is going to be uh, May 8th, Mother's Day, uh, at the Chicago Fire 2. I be- I don't know. I don't think they play in Soldier Field. They probably play at uh, out of Bridgeview or something. So if you want to drive down to Chicago, um, I don't know, call the team, see where they're going to be playing uh, their, their match uh, on Sunday. And right before the break, uh, we have our One Saloon segment. And the One Saloon segment uh, uh, participant this year, this week, is Miguel Ibarra, who had a uh, had himself a pretty good week, MJ. Going into this game versus Union Omaha for the Charlotte Independence, Miguel Ibarra was named the player to watch because he was going in with one goal and one assist. And he did not disappoint. The Charlotte Independence win 2-1 versus Union Omaha and Miguel Ibarra got the assist on the first goal and because of that he is named to the USL League One team of the week it is so nice to see him having positive soccer vibes Miggy in 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 Charlotte for the Charlotte Independence hashtag we are clit <laughs> Uh, I think the uh, League One is a great spot for Ibarra. He def- I think he can definitely dominate down there. I, you know, I think he still, I think he still could be a, a relatively uh, regular starter for a USL Championship team. Um, we'll see how long he wants to stick around playing for uh, playing for a USL League One team. So, all right. Well, let's let's break there. It was a, it was a short first half of the podcast. It's going to be a short second half of the podcast. So let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will talk Minneapolis City, uh, some very brief Aurora news, and then talk about the Skyline Chili's coming to town. So we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back uh, to talk about some other local soccer uh, as well as preview the Minnesota United 
uh, Skyline Chili uh, match. First up, Minneapolis City. Minneapolis City starts, uh, opens their official season. <clears throat> Obviously, they played in the Open Cup back uh, about a month ago. Uh, their season openers are uh, MPSL and USL League Two are taking place this weekend. Uh, on May 7th at 7 p.m., the MPSL season opener is taking place against the Twin Stars. Uh, they play out at Park Center High School in Brooklyn Park. Um, again, that will be happening at the same time that Loons are playing FC Cincinnati here in St. Paul. And then on Sunday, May 8th at 3 p.m., the League Two opener against the uh, our hated rivals, the Des Moines Menace, team we've already played. Uh, Sunday, May 8th is Mother's Day, so if you haven't gotten your mother a Mother's Day present or a card or something, make sure you do that this week. Uh, and then um, ditch her after brunch and come out to uh, to uh, Edward Nelson Field in, in Minneapolis and watch um, Minneapolis City take on the Des Moines Menace in their first ever USL League Two match. I will be there. Uh, my two children will be there. So please come and uh, and say hi. Wait, where is this? It's at uh, Augsburg, the Edward Nelson Field um, in Minneapolis, just off of uh, Riverview. You have been there to watch home games. Oh, yes. yes. You no, were there last year. I, I graduated from there. <laughs> That's so, you, so you know exactly where it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, hi, Sunday. Guys. 3 p.m. Sunday, Jess. Sunday, yeah. 3 p.m. I believe the citizen, the citizens um, uh, get together in the park across the street beforehand. Be there 1.30. Um, yeah, which I think is like 1, 1.30 or 2. I think 1.30. So yeah. um, there'll be a, there's a grill. So if you want to bring some meats, um, there's probably if you show up, there'll probably be someone who has a an extra hot dog or hamburger or something for you. There'll probably be beer from Udapils, um, if you want to get there a little early. But yeah, it's a fun time. Again, I, I love going to um, Minneapolis City matches. They obviously remind me a lot of the old Nessie, but in its own, you know, cool, unique way, they they do things a little differently there. So definitely come check out Minneapolis City this summer um, and starting on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the Crows will shit on your car. So, all right. Uh, Minnesota Aurora. Um, their first match is coming up on May 26th. So it's the Thursday before Memorial Day. That will be out in Egan at the uh, Vikings practice facility, TCO Stadium. Um, I know that there's going to be, I, they haven't announced it officially yet, but there's going to be an open practice sometime before the season opener. I think probably on like a weekend so people can kind of practice their routes out there um, if they're going to drive and, and sort of see the team and stuff. I believe the the players are all coming together here in the next, maybe at the end of this week uh, or early next week for their first sort of practices and stuff. So um, now the colleges are kind of wrapping up, uh, players will be coming in uh, for the season. Again, the season's very short. It's only about like six, six or seven weeks. Um, they play 12 games total, six home and six away. So it'll be a blink and you'll miss it. Um, I think there are still some tickets available for this the home opener. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you definitely should look into that because it's going to be uh, a fun, raucous uh, experience. So just, definitely just, check it out. And also, if if you have the money, just member up. You know, 69 bucks or 99 bucks, I believe. Just member the fuck up. Yes. Yeah, definitely. If you can, uh, if you can afford it, definitely do it. Okay. Um, let's talk FC Cincinnati and Minnesota United. Uh, but first, uh, Jess, you have a question. What the fuck is Skyline Chili? Uh, I'm MJ, asking feel, for a feel, friend. Feel free to take that one. So Skyline Chili is both a chain restaurant in the Cincinnati area. And gag-inducing. That, that, that serves their signature product, Skyline Chili, that's e either served over hot dogs or, or over spaghetti noodles. 
it, it comes from a tradition of Mediterranean immigrants to Southern Ohio that decided to use things like cumin and paprika and whatever to add to their chili and then serve chili as basically fucking spaghetti sauce with chopped raw onions and like shredded American cheese. And it is both, uh, how do I say, unique and a culinary monstrosity. So it sounds like fucking steak and shake. Only yeah, I mean, it's worse than that. Like, like beans and wieners and yeah and chili yeah you, you can get it well I, I think they, you can get it like three ways four ways or five ways mm. you know, five ways you get it like over spaghetti. i always like it five ways if i can get it yeah yeah <laughs> you don't want i mean no i mean like basically five ways skyline chili is like how much can we hide the fact that this is like a horrible meal like let's... it also sounds like this it makes me think of the skyliner like the sky lounge like strippers <laughs> and skyline chili just sounds like what's on the buffet table for like the super bowl at the strip club i rest my case hmm. uh you would not be wrong you would not be wrong um it is it is a monstrosity an abomination and an insult to mankind and generally Anybody who's ever set foot in a kitchen anywhere, fucking Skyline Chili, so. And doesn't, like, doesn't Ohio kind of claim the Juicy Lucy as well? No, no. No, I don't think no. so. No. Okay. That is a, that is a whole other uh, abomination and uh, uh, insult to anybody who's ever cooked in a kitchen. Uh, Minnesota or is that version. Just so. us be Scotty? Eh. Wisconsin. No, it, it's a Minnesota Wisconsin thing. Is, Wisconsin does a fucking terrible brandy old fashioned. That's their claim to fame. So, um, yeah, no, Minnesota. Listen, I'm I'm on record. I uh, I've had Skyline Chili. It is fucking terrible. I've had Juicy Lucy's. They are also fucking terrible. I'd much <laughs> rather eat. I'd much rather eat a Juicy Lucy than fucking Skyline Chili ever again. If yeah. I could yeah. only ever eat one, if I only could eat one thing in the for the rest of my life, it's definitely like as much as I love pasta, I'm gonna take Juicy Lucy's every time because at least I'll die sooner um, from all the. <laughs> From a heart attack or something, <laughs> right, um, right, right. But uh, yeah, if I if I had to choose just one of those, um, uh, yeah, I would I would I would choose uh, uh, suicide. But if I had to had to choose, I would I would choose a juicy Lucy or fucking Skyline Chili. So come at me, Cincinnati. Death by Skyline Chili. What you got? Um, all right. I so Cincinnati, with, uh, Hot Clouds, Chad Cepeda. That that one of the worst parts about Skyline Chili is that it is comes off as sweet. I do not know what they use, like if it's sugar or if they're- they put other... nutmeg in it. Nutmeg? Nutmeg. Yeah, like they put some spices or, or ingredients in there that make something that should be savory and salty more more sweet. <laughs> and, and and it's not a tomato heavy chili. So like, I'm, you know, I'm like, there's no carrots in it. Like what's making this so fucking- Sounds like a grease heavy chili. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it's awful. I, I I think I could make a, a good chili with pasta dish, but it wouldn't be called Skyline Chili. No. So <clears throat> SC Cincinnati, um, getting back to the actual uh, on-field action, uh, coming in off of a uh, win this past weekend in Toronto against uh, a reeling Toronto um, uh, FC. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they won 2-1 to one in Toronto. They play Toronto again 
in Cincinnati on Wednesday, which is a weird quirk of the scheduling that they play basically back to back. Um, so we won't know. Uh, we don't know how that game is going to end up. Uh, but Cincinnati, you know, has been a has been one of the worst teams in MLS their three years of existence. The wooden spoon winner, uh, three straight years. However, this year they're off to a, a much better start. Um, I believe they won six games their first year and four games each of the last two years. Um, they already have three wins uh, in the books. So <clears throat> look at them. Um, they're on. Uh, they're three one and five on ten points right now, which is good for a tie for ninth in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. So. And they're only a couple points out of, they're actually only one point out of the playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. So they're playing much better. Um, that doesn't mean that Minnesota shouldn't kick the shit out of Cincinnati uh, <clears throat> this, uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah, so, we need to take full advantage of and like put their faces in the dirt if we have to and get some goal differential and like lock some shit up for us right. here in the Western <clears throat> Conference. Fuck the Eastern Conference and fuck Cincinnati. Right. So the... Uh, <laughs> Big players on the roster. <clears throat> um, sorry, it starts with Pat Noonan, who is their uh, first-year uh, rookie coach. He's been, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, he's been Jim Curtin's assistant for many years in Philadelphia. Um, he was, I think, heavily rumored with the uh, LAFC job for a while too at the in the offseason. Uh, so he's sort of raided the ship a little bit after FC Cincinnati's gone through five different coaches, I think, uh, four of them balds with glasses who looked a lot like Westbrook Dine. So that was fun. Uh, so <laughs> he's revamped the roster quite a bit. Um, they're, you know, they're sort of their big pieces. Uh, Luciano Acosta as a midfielder, he scored their goal, scored one of their goals last week. Uh, Dom, Dom Baji, uh, who people may remember from playing with Colorado in the Rapids um, has been a uh, uh, important player for them. Um, Nick Haglund, uh, defender, uh, has stepped up a little bit. Uh, anybody else, uh, MJ that I'm missing? Um, Alec Kahn, a former Minnesota United, uh, third string goalkeeper is, is on their roster. He doesn't play, but he's on the roster. So, uh, yeah, they picked him up for At Atlanta and we sent a different Minnesota United former keeper to Atlanta. So whatever, uh, no, uh, they picked up two fullbacks in the off season I'm glad that you mentioned that Pat Noonan used to be at Philadelphia because one of the fullbacks they picked up was uh, Jamaican Alvis Powell, who plays right fullback for them, and he came from Philadelphia. And then they picked up from FC Dallas uh, John Nelson, who's very young, right? He's yep, he's a generation Adidas player still. I also I forgot to mention 23, um, 23 yeah. they, they got him on the reentry draft. And when you look at their weaknesses on and like winning the wooden spoon the last three years, like their defense was horrible. So picking up those guys, both with MLS experience on the back line, has greatly improved their defense. Yeah, and then um the other sort of big piece that they bought uh last last year, I believe. Um actually I think it was a record signing for uh a player. It's a, he's a young designated player, Brenner, um from Brazil who's their forward, uh, number nine. He starts up top for them most games. He, I, I believe he was like, a, at the time, a record signing, a record transfer fee for um, a player. And he slots in as a, a young DP for for them, so. From Sao Paulo. From Sao Paulo. They have some players, um, so they're, you know, there's, this is not the Cincinnati uh, teams that we've come to know and love, um, who come in here and get, you know, kicked, you know, kicked, Five, six goals. Was it 2019? We beat them like seven to nothing, I think. I was just going to go there. 
Yeah. So we haven't played them since 2020. Um, and the only, we've always beaten them apart from our first ever match against them in MLS in 2018, where it was a 0-0 draw. So I feel like we basically have two entirely different teams from the last time we played them. Yes, but definitely. Uh, you are correct. We beat them seven to nothing in 2019. That was a fun no, game. Seven right. one. Seven me. one. That's seven right. One. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? I, I'm trying to remember if that was the game where they scored the first goal and then we scored seven straight. Or if that was New Mexico in the Open Cup where they scored the first goal and then we scored like six straight. can't remember. It was one or the other. I know that. Maybe both even. I know. I definitely know New Mexico was. So um, anyways, I don't think this is going to be a 7-1 game uh, in St. Paul on Saturday night. Um, but uh, who, MJ? We scored first in okay. 2019, by the way. Okay. Uh, MJ threw a question in our in our planning agenda here about who starts, who's in the attacking four uh, versus Cincy. Uh, MJ, who? Like, what do you think? What's uh, what would be your ideal starting four? One because it's Cincinnati and not LAFC, and two, just because I don't think the experiment worked. Like, let's go back to starting whether it's Fragapane or Justin McNash. Let's start somebody else and. In the front four, I say Fragapane. Me too. And and Lude on the right. And I don't know if you want to put Unu or Amaria, but play one of your DPs up top, and 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 see if they can get confidence and improvement against Cincinnati. And then, regardless of score, around the 60th minute, put in Damati and put in uh, Bongi and root for chaos. The I I hard hard disagree with you on this one um i think we should i think we should run out the same starting four that we did against lafc precisely because we're not there cincinnati's not going to be pressing us like lafc did they do not press the way lafc does so i don't think we're i don't think our players are going to lose their legs as much i also think amaria and francopani were fucking bad when they came in like they were not good and i don't think i don't Heath is always talking about how you 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 play your way into the lineup and you play your way out of the lineup. Fragapane and Amri have done nothing the last three weeks to show me that they have played their way back to, that they that they deserve a starting spot, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Bonki, um, and to a lesser extent Dunlady, although Dunlady doesn't play any fucking defense, um, but if you don't expect him to play defense, then you're fine there. And O'Neill Fisher doesn't really get up up top, so he can he said you know, unlike Emmet Nier who who make overlapping runs. Um, yeah. O'Neill Fisher doesn't really do that. So you can keep Dunlady on the right-hand side and kind of just like, okay, that, and that's where, I mean, honestly, that's where LAFC attacked uh, us in the last game is they figured out Dunlady wasn't going to, wasn't going to track back at all. And all of the shit came on the LAFC's left-hand side. Literally all of their goals came from the left-hand side. Um, so that's a, that's a problem. Don't get me wrong, which, which, which is actually why I would argue that, <clears throat> that you would, you swap out if you want to if you want to keep Fragapane in the lineup, I would maybe be okay with that. You put Fragapane on the left and, and Bongi on the right <clears throat> and uh run out that front four. I don't think Bongi's done anything to deserve being dropped from the starting lineup. I think he's only only thing he's done is solidify that he should be in the starting lineup. And again, I think 
well, I know Cincinnati's not going to press Minnesota the way LAFC pressed Minnesota. So you're not there's so your defensive duties are not going to be as um, you're not going to have as many def- defensive responsibilities. So that's an so, important thing to consider as well. David, I completely agree. If you want to run Fragapani on the left and Bongi on the right and loot up top, whatever, fine. You want to start that. If then you're bringing in like a Justin McMaster and Nico Hansen to sub in on the wings for some youth and speed. But I don't think he's just going to do that. So given the choice of what we saw these past few games of what I consider Heath's comfort zone, and that is starting Amaria and Fragapane or subbing Amaria and Fragapane, we're way better when we start Fragapane and Amaria and sub in Abudnamadi and, and, and Bongi. So that I'm, no. I'm, I'm trying to be no, we're not. We're 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 bet, we're we're better when when Bongi and Dunlady are on the fucking pitch. So do you want them on the pitch for sixty minutes, or do you want them on the pitch for twenty minutes? Like I'm I want sure them coming the in the and running entire legs and scoring goals because I think I, that Amaria and Fragapani. That's fucking stupid, MJ, and you know it. That's fucking no, stupid because Fragapani and, and and Amaria are defensive liabilities in a close game late and subbing in. And then we have LAFC running at two people that are defensive liabilities. Cincinnati is not fucking LAFC. I'm Cincinnati not, is fucking Cincinnati. I so you cannot argue that regardless of opponent, that having two people that can wear down a team, play 60 minutes of scoreless or close soccer, and help offensively and probably hurt you defensively, but keep the game close, and then putting in fresh legs that have won against two really good teams, that being Chicago and Colorado. Chicago's not good, that, by the way. That that recipe, that recipe of putting in Bongi and, and Dunlady, you know, is worked for two games. The first game, they put him in at 70 minutes. The second game, they put him in at the 60 minutes mark. And his answer to all this was, oh, Rather than back it up another 10 minutes, let's give them the whole game. Let's start them. I have to weigh in and say that even before things got a little heated there, um, I, the, the trend that I noticed, right, was, yes, when we sub these guys later, we tend to win. Now, so I think what we're, we're talking about here is what is your definition of good? Right. Because like David, I'm sure that I understand where MJ's coming from with this, you know, us performing better or best with those late subs, but I'm not following your argument and I want to. What do you mean? My, my argument is that we are better when we have Delati and uh, Boggy on the pitch. We are worse when they are not on the pitch. Now, tr- oh, trust oh, me, I see, if, I see. If, if, if I trusted Adrian Heath to like, recognize game states and bring right. Bongi and Denadi in at the proper time, then I can see that, MJ. I just I number one, I don't fucking trust Heath to do that. Um we're all wounded children. Number here. two, I think the the tactical argument that you're making, while sound in theory, needs to be executed with like precision. Adrian Heath is a fucking dull knife. That dude is not precision. 
And He's so, awesome. so like, yes, would I, would I, if Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola or fucking uh, Carlo Ancelotti or insert any good manager here, would they recognize, okay, now is the time I need to bring these people, these guys on. Uh, I can see that I can see that the left backs getting tired. I can see the right backs getting tired um, and, and make the changes. Sure. In that case, yes. If we had one of the best managers in the world, even if we had one of the best managers in MLS, if we had a Peter Vermees or a Jim Curtin or somebody here, um, Robin Frazier or somebody, you know, somebody who's been able to uh, um, identify things in game and make changes quickly in game, then that logic makes sense. And the logic still makes, I mean, it makes sense even with the dumb fuck that we have managing our team. However, the team has only looked good the last four matches and and we look good for 60 minutes now we did do we look like we were going to win that game in la in la um on no. sunday no but we looked good enough where we could either we could snatch a draw or a point now clearly delati and and delati specifically but bongi i think bongi probably could have gone 90 minutes if you if you asked him to right delati can't go 90 minutes so you know that right so that's so that's that's a that's a thing that's something. Um, however, uh, and again, we need to take the opponent into consideration as well. Bongi is not going to have to run as much chasing Cincinnati defenders if the defense does their job like they should against the Cincinnati of, uh, offensive players. So, MJ, yeah, I'll let you. I've been talking for a while, so I'll let you jump in. I agree that Heath is a dull knife, but I also agree that Heath is a creature of habit, and so. While I would like, I do agree that Bongi has played well enough to deserve a start. But then you have to look at what works and what doesn't work. Bongi gets to start. You don't bring a Fragapani in to sub for him. That's not going to help. You bring in someone who's hungrier and younger to be that chaos agent, like Bongi was a younger chaos agent for Fragapani. You bring in a Justin McMaster. You bring in Nico Hansen. In that. And I don't trust Heath to do that. If they start Bongi, I don't trust Heath to put in those younger, fresher, hungrier legs in at the mm. later game state. And so I assume that Heath has his, these are my starters and sub pool. I will not vary from this. And assuming that and looking at the results, Fragapani starting Bongi subbing is better than Bongi starting Fragapani subbing. That's that's just I, I, again 100% disagree. Why would you want 60% of shit when you can have and, and 30% of good when you can have 60%, 60% of good? If the 60% of shit is not allowing four, four goals, if the 60% of shit is not allowing four goals and the 40% of good is scoring two to three goals, why, why would you change that? I just, I, okay, whatever. Um, you have to agree to disagree. Minnesota, Minnesota is favored in this one. Um, they're minus 145. It draws plus 280. And Cincinnati is plus 360 to win. So Minnesota is heavily favored in this game. Uh, MJ, how do you think it's going to go with your, uh, your shit-ass Franco Fragapane starting? Minnesota wins, I'm going to say, 4-1. to one. Jess, what do you got? I just have to say that, that Molly did say – Almond Cream Dream Supreme was one of the hardest workers at the match against Chicago. So, um, and Nice Molly does not lie. 
and she she we could see the sweat on his brow all right i'm thinking we're gonna win it but it's gonna feel like a tie and it's gonna be like one zero all right if bongi starts we win three nothing if fragapani starts we lose uh one three So take Wait, that. Say that again. If if Bongi starts, we win three to nothing. And if uh, Fragapane starts, we lose one to three. Um, how's that for a fucking statement? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's finish up. I like that you're consistent, David. Yeah, I have nothing if not consistent. Um, I have nothing if not on brand as well. So uh, let's start with uh, let's finish up with some world stuff. We have uh, Concacaf Champions League semi semi or uh, final. Wait, wait, did MJ make a prediction? Yeah, he said four to one. Lewis. MN? Yeah. yeah. Lewis. I also predicted uh, them to lose to LA, by the way. Yeah. Two, Seattle two last Wednesday. They played the second leg in Seattle uh, at 9 p.m. Central time. Uh, that match is going to be probably a sellout. Uh, so 60,000 plus people to watch uh, watch Seattle and, and Pumas. Seattle um, was down to nothing late. They got two uh, penalty calls, somewhat controversial uh, penalty calls. Pumas got a somewhat, a somewhat controversial penalty in the first half as well. But this should be a hell of a game. Uh, Seattle should win. Um, they you know, have their, I think, there's no away goals rule in the final of the CONCACAF Champions League, which is weird because they had away goals uh, all throughout the tournament. But for some reason, they scrap it in the final. So it really is going to come down to you know whoever scores the most goals in Seattle uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, the 4th of May uh, at 9 p.m. So come check it out. I'll probably be at the Blackheart. I'll be post my soccer game kicks off at 725. So I'll be done by around 845. So probably coming in hot for, for this match. So if you're going to be around, you want to check it out. Um, so Wednesday at 9 p.m. This, um, this is a rare opportunity because I don't know if there's been a, a two-legged CONCACAF Champions League final Maybe that's a thing every year, but but B, where coming off the Mexico leg, the MLS team both one gets the second leg, and the MLS team comes out of Mexico even. You know, they're not down goals. You know, it, it ended two two. Yeah, so, in this in the in the new format, they've been doing uh, two legged finals for I, I want to say it was last six or seven years, uh, with the exception of obviously the COVID year where they did a right. they just did a one off tournament. Um, I don't believe a, a MLS team has has had has hosted the second leg, even basically. So yeah, I think you're right there. We've ne and we've never won. MLS has never won this tournament in this iteration. Um, they won it before. They won uh, you know a variation of this tournament before, um, but never in in the current iteration, which is uh, would yeah. be impressive for Seattle. It was the Concacaf Champions Cup. Yeah, um, we, we, we've won it twice, I believe. Like, yeah. yeah, so. All right. Uh, in the other Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, Man City uh, beat Real Madrid four to three on two last Tuesday in a hell of a match. Man City went up two nothing early, very early. Uh, Real Madrid battled back. Uh, Karim Benzema hit a fucking Panenka penalty, which was amazing. Um, this game goes this uh, tie goes back to back to Madrid, back to Spain. Uh, the kicks off uh, on Wednesday, also on Wednesday, May the 4th at 2 p.m. on Big CBS as well as Paramount+. Plus. 
Uh, Liverpool beat Villarreal 2-0 at Anfield on last Wednesday. Uh, these guys go back to Spain and to Villarreal and play this coming Tuesday, uh, today when you're listening to this podcast, also on CBS, also on Paramount+. Plus. Um, you predict Liverpool gets through, although Villarreal is, um, is a hell of a team and we're giving Liverpool lots of trouble early on in the game. They were doing the Everton stuff that Everton did, but better than Everton. Of course, uh, I mean, Villa, Villarreal is is a legitimate Spanish club. They don't get yeah. as much glory as the other big three. And but... Unai, Unai Emery, who, um, if you're a fan of the the Premier League, used to coach Arsenal, um, is a really good, really good manager as well. So, Villarreal, the, the, the town of Villarreal is is like fifty thousand people. It's basically the equivalent of like White Bear Lake. So. Like, <laughs> You know, not not in like politics. They do and, a lot uh, with a little. Hick, hickishness, the, the does a lot with a little. They do. There was the, the joke was that they could, if Anfield had opened up just to Villarreal, like citizens of Villarreal, they could have fit the entirety of Villarreal in the stadium and still had like ten thousand seats available um, for other play, people. So Villarreal is a small town um, in the European uh, European context. However, again very well-regarded club and Liverpool, if they, if they overlook these guys in the second half of this, of this two-legged tie, they are going to lose. So, and then the other one, I don't know, man, I go, I go either way with Real Madrid and Man City. I think it'd be fun for a Liverpool Man City uh, Champions League final. I think it would, it would do nothing for my uh, uh, ulcers uh, and, <laughs> you know, uh, peace and prosperity in, in my own household. So in that case, I kind of want Real Madrid, uh, I also kind of want Man City to win this one, fuck up the league. And then, you know, I would, I then at that point, I would not be as well, as much as I would want a quadruple for Liverpool, um, I would be totally fine with a treble and Man City, uh, my beautiful bride, uh, you know, getting their first ever Champions League title, which is what the the owners, the uh, the oil barons of Man City want, but apparently doesn't seem like the Man City fans want it as much. So. Hmm. Another Zellberg Derby on the calendar is always a good thing, and it's it'd be Memorial Weekend. It would be that Saturday. It just uh, I, it would be tense, man. I'm just I'm just saying they're they're already tense enough. I don't need to throw in uh, <laughs> a, a fucking hardware uh, on the line as well. So, uh, all right. And then in the uh, UEFA Women's Champions League, uh, second leg semifinals were on Saturday. MJ, who would we have in the final? So. In the semifinals, uh, Wolfsburg played Barcelona, and they came in with Barcelona having won five one in the first leg. Wolfsburg actually scores two goals. It makes it interesting. It was five three for the longest time, and, and it ends five three. Barcelona going through uh, in the France rivalry that will never die in women's football. PSG played Olympic Lyonnais, and uh, PSG came in only down a goal, and they were playing in Paris. So. Uh, in Paris for, you know, Jess. And <laughs> PSG okay. end, end, ends up winning that second leg. Sorry, uh, Lyon wins the second leg two to one. So the, they go through five, three on aggregate. So we have Barcelona who won it, the UEFA Women's Champions League last year versus Olympic Lyonnais who has won it the previous six or seven years. That, um, um, yeah, and, and when Barcelona won it last year, they did not have to go through Olympic Lyonnais. They, Olympic Lyonnais lost earlier, so on a fluke. But so this is this is the best two teams 
in women's football, no offense, NWSL. These are the best two teams. It's it's going to be really great. Um, also, importantly, the final is in Turin, and guess who didn't make it? Juventus. So hmm. take that. That uh, that Wolfsburg Barcelona game. That was the first loss that Barcelona had all year. This is they've won every get, single get, game. This is going to get you into MJ rant time because it frustrates me to no end that UEFA and FIFA on a two-legged anything on a two-legged anything that has results considers a single leg a win or a loss like barcelona shouldn't consider their home 5-1 a win and they shouldn't consider their two nothing at wolfsburg a loss it should be a combined win loss because that's who goes through it it just is fucking ridiculous okay whatever but it, it but it is the first first loss in a hundred what do you say 184 games or whatever uh, it was first loss this year, and I can't remember the last time they. It goes Barcelona, back to August last year. Yeah, the like Barcelona feminine uh, lost lost a match, so um, so that should be yeah, that should be a hell of a game. Um, it's boring. What's that? Like your team just keeps winning and winning and winning, and you have to like go back years. To, I feel like that would maybe be a boring at some point. You know, just yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan, fan of it. coming out in you, and and I respect that. <laughs> I'm a, am, I, I'm a big, am I conforming? I am a big fan of uh, of uh, my team winning a bunch, so I will I'll stop to. Well, <laughs> I mean, who's anti my team winning a bunch, right? I mean, have you talked to any Everton fans recently? Mm. Hey, hey, we won this weekend. We beat <laughs> Chelsea. You did. That was a hell of a game, by the way. I fucking, it was a hell uh, of a game. Jordan Pickford uh, saving For one example, with his face. Saving one with his face was very uh, brought back some some uh, PTSD for me. <laughs> well, you didn't in say more, shit in more ways than one. So let's let's put it that way. So sure. Uh, all right, well, let's let's wrap up there. Um, let's let's make it a short podcast this week because um, we have a couple. Next week we'll have uh, a midweek uh, U.S. Open Cup game. Um, we'll have another uh, Minnesota United match uh, in the, on the weekend. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about next week. So uh, let's wrap up. Uh, please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Go wild. Go wild. Patreon.com slash the days I know. Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter if you want to get at us. Uh, at Texas Zeller. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at Jessica1440839 or two. Um, don't forget, um, if you want to come to Minneapolis City on, on Sunday, I'll be there with my kids. You can hang on. You can hold my, uh, my um, at that point, she'll be one years old because her birthday, happy birthday, Clara, is, happy on, birthday. Uh, is on Saturday. So you can hang, you can hold my one-year-old um, and uh, hang out and drink with uh, drink with uh, me and maybe MJ. I don't know if MJ's gonna be around. Come over, come on down, hang out, hold my kid while you yeah. drink for Uh Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we've been the days you know. This, this is the day I know. As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We, 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 we do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, 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 son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.